Thessalonians chapter 1. Amen. Okay, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Praise God. I'll, I'll read from, let's just read from verse 1. <clears throat> says Paul and Silvanus and praise God. Thank you, Father. Says Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ, 
Grace be unto you and peace from God of our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Grace be unto you, peace from, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and your labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God, praise God, our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. <clears throat> For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. I uh, says that you receive the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Ghost. Let's see um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Amen. 1 Corinthians 2, from verse 1. It says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech, of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ, and him crucified. Praise God. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. So Paul is saying the same thing here. Let's see back to that first um, Thessalonians chapter 1. Amen. So here he said that uh, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in a demonstration of the Spirit and of, and of power. Praise God. And uh, in Thessalonians, it, said, it says here that our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost. And in much assurance, as you know, what manner of men we, we were among you for your sakes. And then you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with, with joy of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. And so you see, the Paul is speaking here about uh, a a kind of a season that these churches have come into, um, a similar season where they had come into the allocation of God's word um, that, is, that is ministered to them with the, what he called, he mentioned two things in, in power, praise God, 
and in the Holy Ghost, right? In First Thessalonians chapter 1, it says, The gospel came to you in what, not unto you in word only, but also in power. Praise God. The word also came what? In power and where? And in the Holy Ghost. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says that it, not with enticing words. So it doesn't mean word was not involved. It just means that the word were not enticing words of man's wisdom. But they were actually words. So when you see demonstration of the spirit and power, there's a way I've heard this verse being interpreted to say that Christianity is not too much talking, right? That it's just demonstrating power. Amen. So what Paul was saying here is not that words is not involved. He's just trying to explain to you the, the kind of words, like how the words came. Amen. In, in Thessalonians, he made it clearer that the gospel, that verse 5 of First Thessalonians chapter, chapter 1, it says, the gospel came, did not come in word only, so it's not word only. Amen. means that not just word by itself, but it was word that came in power praise God, and in the Holy Ghost. It's a word that came where? In power and where? In the Holy Ghost. Now, power, actual power of God is in the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. The actual word, power of God, is where? In the Holy Ghost. We know that, that the power of God is Christ, right? In Romans chapter 1, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because that gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Am I correct? And unto the Jew and then to the Gentiles, praise the Lord. It says, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. So the, the gospel, um, the, the word of God is actually, um, it has a power dimension to it. Praise the Lord. And, and power is actually the carrier the bringer of the word. So without power, you can't find God's word without power. Praise the Lord. It's, it's the power is actually God's, it's, a, it's word, God's word does not, God, sorry, power, God's power doesn't travel without his word. You see in the book of Hebrews chapter one, right? He said, amen. Um, God, who in sudden dry times in diverse manners, spake unto the fathers by prophets, has in this last day spoken unto us who, by his son who be in the world. <clears throat> yeah, praise God. And upholding all things by the word of his power. So it's, it's not the power of his word. Praise God. You know, we've heard a lot about the power of the word, the power of the word, but it's, it's the word of his power. It's a different thing. So, so he's not even telling you that the power comes out of the word. No. What he's actually saying, or sorry, he's not saying, yeah, he's not saying that, um, amen. The, so the, when he says the word of his power, it means that, the word is more fundamental to his power. That's, that's the way to, to see it. So it's the word of his power. Amen. 
the word of his power. It's the word that's behind his power. The word that is carrying his power. So you cannot have the power of God without the word of God. Amen. Now, that word of his power, anybody who denies that word, you know, he also makes mention of those people who have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. So, of course, that power is the denial of the word of his power. The word that's bringing what the power of God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So say the word of his power. The word of his power. Now, these days we are in, we are actually in the days of his power. The days of the power of God upon the earth. Amen. Now, but that power is, cannot be accessed. You know, we saw, we've seen seasons of the Holy Spirit upon the earth walk in different dimensions. Okay? Um, but, and then we've seen the operation of the Holy Ghost. We've termed that as God's power. Amen. The administration and the, sorry, the dealings of the Holy Ghost, which we see under the milk of the word, we see that as the power of God, but it's not the power of God. Amen. But the, the Holy Ghost is also a carrier of God's power. Amen. But his outward shell doesn't, doesn't show, doesn't actually give the power of God. What most times you experience is the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Say the power. For example, when Gabriel came and appeared to Mary, and she asked him, how will this thing happen? And he said that the word. Amen. So Jesus Christ, that power, amen, was the, amen, the, let's see that place in Luke. Let's see it in Luke. Thank you, Jesus. Is it chapter 1? What verse is it? 34, praise God. So it says, And Mary said unto the angel, How shall these things be? And said, I know no man. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and then the power of the highest shall do what? Overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called what? The Son of God. Now, so he, he spoke about the Holy Ghost will come upon thee, then the power of the highest will do what? Will overshadow thee. So he's talking about two operations by which Jesus will comfort. He's talking about the Holy Ghost coming upon her, which, like we saw last time on Wednesday, that the Holy Spirit, when he's trying to do something in the natural, right, we saw the Holy Ghost as the outstretching of the arms of God, right, from where they are into the natural realm that by his spirit, or in the dealings of Moses, he, he called it the finger of God. Amen. So that finger of God, it means that the womb of Mary had to be touched by the finger of God, right, for something physical to occur. 
amen, for there to be a fertilization, which is a physical activity, to fertilize it and all of those, that thing was actually very, very physical. And the spirit was there. The spirit of God was also upon Elizabeth, the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says that John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb of his mother. Praise the Lord. And we saw that that spirit in the womb of his mother had a natural effect on him. Because when Jesus, he, Jesus came, the Holy Ghost, I'm sure the Holy Ghost in Mary and the Holy Ghost in, in Elizabeth, where they just jammed each other and began to talk, and then it produced a physical praise God. You, you get what I mean? So, so the Holy Spirit, um, so the Holy Ghost himself has power. He has power. The Holy Spirit is himself is powerful. Praise God. But he is powerful, but he is also a keeper of a power. That is not just his own, the power of his own person. Because each of those beings, they have power resident in them. Amen. And when we got into the realm of God, we now discovered that God has his own power. It's called the eternal power. Which is different from the power of God unto salvation, which is Christ. Are you seeing that? So each of those entities, they have their own power. Power just means the... Um, power means the... Is how power means the means of how you relate or how you bring about an effect with something external. Right? When you, when you want to, in the realm of the spirit, when you want to engage something, the first thing you have to engage is its power. Or rather, its power must work, must be at work towards you for you to, to, for you to come into a dealing. Praise the Lord. So, so the Holy Spirit. Um, so there is a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Which begins to happen once you get born again. That begins to happen from, from a very, very, amen. See, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They will cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. And some of those things are operations of power. But they are operations of the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. But there is the power of God. Now, that word, the, the scripture, the Romans, speaks about the power of God when it says power of God unto salvation. That is not really God's, God's own power or the power that is in maybe the person of God or the Father. He's talking about the power that works towards them or that works for them on their behalf, which is the power of Christ. Amen. What did I say? The power of who? The power of Christ. Amen. So that power is able to walk on a soul and bring the soul into a place, an experience where their person can be engaged. Without God's power being at work, you cannot engage God. Without, praise God, or, amen, we're trying to use to use Paul's language. So I have to be careful. Now, when I say God's power, I'm not talking about the power of the Father or the, the, the power of God for the things of God. Do you get what I mean? There is the power to come into God's own things, his own personal things. Now, there are things that are of God that are not God's own things. Things 
Praise God. Now, the, the main thing of God is Christ. When you say of God or from God, something that is of God that can relate with man is Christ. Praise God. And that's what makes Christ the power of God. Christ is actually God's power to men. Right? It's when you come into the realm of men, you leave God's realm, you come into men's realm. There is a way you can, there's a way God has created for a man to engage him. That thing is called Christ. Praise the Lord. Are you getting me? It's called what? It's called Christ. So Christ is what? The power. Another word for power. Power is the enabler. Right? The enabler of man. Amen. Christ is where the power, what enables man towards God, where it resides. What kind of a man? God had to create a kind of a man who can be an embodiment of that power. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Now, when I'm saying, saying power, 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 and the reason why power is important is because the realm of the spirit is a realm of powers. Praise God. It's a realm of what? It's a realm of powers. For a soul, a man, to function in the realm of the spirit, he must be made powerful. Any soul that has not been made powerful cannot function where? Cannot, you cannot function properly in the in the realm of the spirit. Even in the kingdom of darkness, when you begin to ascend into the kingdom of darkness, you know, the real, the, the main point of, I don't know if it's descent, but it's, it's ascend in terms of, <laughs> you know, when I say descend, it sounds a bit awkward, you know, because you know that they've all fallen. But you know what I mean, that in terms of, the, in the kingdom of darkness, there are also hierarchies of, of their, their, the way they are formed, their statues. There's a hierarchy of status. You know, that was some are more advanced in darkness than others. So when you begin to take, someone begins to take advancement in darkness, you know, when you are dealing with demons, you've not advanced. Demons are not, demons are almost terrestrial beings. They, they, are, they are married to earth, earthly things. Demons are more concerned about the earth than the things in the realm of the spirit. That's why they follow men everywhere. All the, all the carnal things men do, demons are involved. Praise God. Demons are more carnal than men. Right? They, they have interest in very in petty things, little things. That's why they follow a person. They can make a person sick. They can make a person blind, a person lame. It means they have interest in someone's physical sight, physical ability to hear sickness, all kinds of things. Praise the Lord. So when it comes to, to, to outward external things, demons, praise God, in the kingdom of darkness, they are the, they are, those demons are like the, they are, they are also, they were a type of angelic that also fell. Praise God. They, they were taken out of the cater of angels who had an, a primary earthly um, jurisdiction or you know, are, it's not every angel that's in heaven. You know that? You need to read the scripture well. There are angels that, that just watch the earth. They just, just move. Not dark angels, not demons. I mean angels of God. Praise God. There are some angels who their job is to make sure that those ants eat every time. Ants are eating that praise God 
Amen. That the lilies are beautiful. There are all kinds of angels. There are angels assigned to people, to men, to watch them, to keep them, make them safe, make some things not happen, make evil. Amen. Sure, you know, it's not just demons that we are. You know, sometimes you feel like, ah, this whole world is this world is this world is just hard. There are just demons everywhere. Praise God. And I know the world is bad. Bad things happen. People die. Accidents happen. All kinds of things. But but those things are happening. Um, the reason why it's not happening to every single person at once is because there are other angels who are here who are also doing. Yeah, you know and those angels are here. Some of them are actually, they are with people who are not even born again, who are not even Christians. They are on the earth. They are maintaining the order of things on the earth. Are you getting what I'm saying? And there's a constant legal spiritual battle going on. And that's why the devil is always looking for a space. Anytime he finds a space, he attacks. When he finds a space, he attacks. Sometimes by prayer, sometimes when you pray, you don't know why you're praying. Things are happening. You can be praying in the spirit now. You're interceding for something in China or in India or somewhere. Maybe some, some, some devil spirit is about to, to take a ground in the spirit. And then you, by prayer, you are, you're able to, what? To, to, to make a, praise the Lord, a case for that evil not to occur. So, so on the earth, there's a, a wide interplay of all kinds of different kinds of spirits at play on the earth. The earth is not abandoned to demons alone. There are also angels here. Who, are, who have a primary assignment to the things of the earth. But, but when you now begin to move, talk about ascension, right? even in the kingdom of darkness or even in the angelic cater, the first entity you will come across are they call principalities and powers. Right? So you, you begin to move into the realm of powers in the spirit. So, so anything that has to do with ascension has to involve power. Praise God. Anything that has to do with what? Ascension has to do what? Has to involve power. So, so the, the issue of power, amen, is, and power is not just an idea. Power is something that's very, very real. Like a soul that has, that has come into power is different from a soul that has not come into power. In terms of what kind of thing they can interact with. Take a powerful soul and take a soul without power. A soul that has power, they have ability to interact, more ability to interact with the, the things above the natural. You know what I mean? It, the more you are able to relate with the things of the spirit is a sign of power in the soul. Some souls are very powerless when it comes to the things of God and more powerful when it comes to the things of darkness because they've given power unto them. Praise God. So the power, there are powers in two dimensions. The power of God is Christ. The power of the devil is the world. Right? The world is an entity of power. It gives empowers men. It empowers men. It gives power to souls. Some souls are more powerful when it comes to worldliness than others. Praise God. 
There are some souls that they are so worldly that when you get close to them, they are so powerful in worldliness that you, they, can, they, they can easily make you more worldly very, very quickly than others. There are some other souls that have some worldliness, but they don't have the, as much power. They don't have as much skill and, in their soul to, to, to manage the world, to use the world. Some souls have become distribution center for worldliness. They can infect other souls with worldliness. When you when you're around them, amen, some worldly things that never occur to you just begin to occur to you. Images begin to come. You know what I mean by images? Feeling. You know what's in the world? You say that these things are in the world, the lust of the eyes, praise God, the lust of the flesh, and then what the pride of life, according to First John, praise God, chapter 2. Amen. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and he said the word, the pride of life. There are some souls that when you are not close to them, you don't feel the need to have a status of any sort on the earth. But there's some, well, some souls, when you get closer to them, all of a sudden, yes. the, the feeling to, the need to have a status, you become more conscious because of an anointing, a power that they have. It's something around them. It's a spiritual thing. Now, so, we are more, human beings are more spiritual than you, than you think. The truth is that the, the, the purpose of what the kingdom of darkness is trying to do, same thing that God's kingdom is trying to do, is to make men powerful. There will be a time on the earth that you won't find any man without power anymore. That every single man will be powerful. Those in the kingdom of darkness will be powerful. Those who in the kingdom of God will be powerful. There will be a time on the earth that every man will be anointed. Every soul will be anointed. Anointing will increase. Wine will increase. Spirit will increase. Men will become very spiritual. You will hardly find a soul that is just earthly. Purely, when I say earthly, I don't mean carnal. I mean just earthly. Earthly, without too much interaction with spirit, with spiritual thought and spiritual will. You hardly see that. Amen. So, so this thing of power, I'm just going to show you that power. Don't think about power. Say, ah, what's this power now that this pastor is not talking about this morning? Amen. I'm just trying to tell you that everybody has power conversation. You are, there is a power. There's an interaction of power ongoing for every single person. Praise God. <clears throat> now, so, so what he's saying here is that, um, so he's speaking about the, this gospel. See, that gospel is the gospel of Christ. Amen. And it says, it came also in power, amen, and in what? The Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, now when you hear power, um, power is, praise God. There are three, I want to, let's look at it from the dimension, from the view of the kingdom. Praise God, from the view of the kingdom of God. Um, the kingdom of God is the kingdom, the, the lens through which Jesus spoke about it in his, you know, when he was teaching them to pray. Um, he prayed, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, 
the power and the glory forever. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. Now, the, thine is the kingdom, then the power. The power is kingdom. True. The glory is kingdom. True. Amen. Is the, the kingdom, the power and the glory. These are, these are the things that are thine. You know, because it's what, what is dying, that's what we are praying for, our Father. The reason why we pray, we are praying to you, is because of these things that are dying. These are the things that we want, actually. Praise God. That the, you know that prayer is centered around what you want to come. Right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come on earth. But he didn't say, thy kingdom, power, and glory come. He didn't need to explain it. But in the end, he went into detail to say what, is that, what are actually the things that are yours that we are praying for is because for thine is the kingdom, the power, and then what? And the glory. Amen. So the, so the kingdom, what it, all, all that Jesus was just saying there is very simple. It's very clear. He's just saying that there is a, there's, a, there's a kingdom. You can have a measure of the kingdom without power. Then you can have a kingdom with power. And then you can have a kingdom with glory. It's the, the, those are levels of, of acquisition. Uh, or these are levels of things you can receive from the Father. Praise God. Does that make sense to you? Those things are also levels of the will of God. There is the will of God that is not yet powerful. But it's also part of the will of the kingdom. Then there's a, a, a level of the will of the kingdom that has become powerful. Then that's, that's one level. Then there's the realm, the dimension of the kingdom that is glorious. Do you get that? Do you understand me? Now, of course, the realm of the kingdom that is powerful, that marker of power is the marker of the fullness of Christ. Right? Because when you have, when you have received what all the, the gospel, which is the power of God, when you have received what the gospel wants to give you, that soul has become a powerful soul. Not in the sense of you have some power. In terms of you have come into the allocation of power in the kingdom. That this soul, when they see such a soul in the realm of the spirit, they say this soul is a powerful soul. They know that this man is a powerful man. You're a powerful man. But why? What makes you powerful? Is because you are equipped to receive God. The power of God is the equipment of his soul to have dealings with God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Are we, are we communicating today? Does, do these things mean anything to you? Uh, let me just check. Praise God. You know, it's not every soul that when you say power of God, glory, it's not every soul that those things mean things to, eh? If you say, okay, the message today is how to stop lying. Uh-huh. You are talking of something. Why? Because this is an actual problem I have. I've been trying to solve it. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> well, Paul speaks about that. How to not, so don't lie and all that in the scripture. But you see, the place where you say don't lie, don't steal, there are not that many. But Paul is talking power, glory, all these things. 
his language in the epistles. <laughs> Amen. So, um, so these things, don't let the devil, the devil can lie to some people. They make you, this is just, you're just trying to sound a bit esoteric and just make it sound deep and all that. Just tell us the matter. What are, what are, what, what, this, you know, what is the thing? Let's just, let's, what are the things we need to do? If, if we, praise God, if we try to teach that way, we will talk and talk and talk and talk and talk, and it will make so much sense. If you want to make sense to all of us now, you know, I have things I can tell you. It will, it will make sense too much to you. In terms of how we're talking about you, your life and everything, but I can say all those things, but amen. Praise God. Amen. It will, it will, it will, it will, it will, it will just amount to what Paul called enticing words of man's wisdom. It means those are words that appeal to your wisdom. The way you think, ah, these are the things I need to hear to be better. You don't know. You don't know what you need to hear to, to be better. Only the Holy Ghost. When, so when the Holy Ghost was writing the Bible, what language should we use? How should we write it? What kind of things should we put together to communicate this message? Praise the Lord. It's this, say power. power. It's a term of the Holy Ghost. And you must learn what power means. You must learn what power means. You must learn what glory means. You have to know what the kingdom means. Yeah, and you have to know it in such a way that, uh, that, is that when, you, when you hear the word power, it opens up inside of you. Your heart, your soul, can, it sees many, 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 many things because of all the things, praise God, that um, those things and, uh, are speaking concerning or they entail. Amen. I want to believe that there's nobody here who is still struggling with the language of the scriptures. I want to believe everybody is, by now, if, amen. I'm sure you fought all the battles with those things and you've won them. By God's grace. I don't know. <laughs> Praise God. You know, I, maybe I'm just checking because maybe it's an evil spirit, eh? Because anytime I'm preaching some of these things, something will just be telling me you are just talking something. Praise God. What is the meaning of power? What is glory? Why can't you just say something in normal English that people can understand? Well, this is, this is how the scripture is. Amen. And what, and what encourages me is that this is the way these things are communicated to me. Amen. And it worked. The, the revelation of power can swallow up sin and iniquity. All the things that, the many, many, many things that are in our hearts have been programmed wrongly. A lot of times because we lack that thing called power. Amen. It's, praise God. So it's not in enticing words or speaking. It's by demonstration. When, so my hope today is that as we are talking about the power of God, that the Holy Ghost can be demonstrating to you the, the things that have to do with power, with making a soul powerful, with raising a soul. Amen. The, the thing that makes you righteous and holy, you can't take it and tear it and break it down with English. It's just a thing. It can, at the point it enters you, when it's not there, you know it's not there. Because you can't leave. You can't muster the life. That, that thing. Are you getting what I'm saying? We're talking about the, the method of delivering spiritual substance. 
essence, power. Paul called it grace. Amen. He's also called it the word of his grace. In the book of Acts chapter 20, praise God, he said, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is also the word of his power, amen, which is able to build you up and to give you an, an what? Inheritance among them that are sanctified. Praise God. Amen. So let, let's go on um, in that first Thessalonians. Amen. Praise the Lord. So first Thessalonians chapter chapter one, it says, So our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power, right? And we're, and we're in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance as you know what manner of men we were, we were among you for your sake. Amen. So, so you see why that word is in power and that word is what? In the Holy Ghost. See, Holy Ghost. Now, the, the Holy Spirit is the keeper of those things called the power of God, amen, and then what I call the glory of God. The power and then the glory. Say glory. 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 Now, glory is the is the destination of every soul. Every, every soul that God made, God, God's goal towards a soul is to make the soul glorious. Amen. And now any soul that has not become glorious hasn't, you've not, you've not gotten to the, you've not gotten to the full potential of life in your soul. Amen. Now, and the way they communicate glory is, is that God has to cause things from the realm of glory to come. Properties from the realm of glory. Things that are covered with his glory. Things that are clothed with his glory. Amen. Those things. So power is a glory product. Power, power is what? It is a glorious is a glorious substances. When you see power, power is actually has every power of God has come into the soul is actually, it has an intention with it. It's to, it's to open that soul, your, that dimension of your soul towards the glorious life. Towards the things that pertain to the world, to the glory of God. Now the glory is the is a native attribute of the kingdom. Right? You have to, how is God's kingdom? It's glorious. Right? So anything that's not glorious falls below the standard of the kingdom. Any, so any soul that has not been glorious has what? Falls what? Below the standard of what? Of, of the kingdom. So, so you see what the, the, the Holy Ghost is carrying is actually the, the Holy Ghost, ultimately what the Holy Spirit needs to deliver to the soul is the glory of God. Amen. So that is the kingdom, the power and the glory. So when the soul has arrived at the glory which the Holy Ghost is carrying, you've, 
you've come into the, the nature that God can welcome and you can, that can sit with God. Because when, the, when you see the, how the Holy Spirit is expressed in God, God wears him gloriously. Right? God is the God of glory. The, 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 the nature of God, praise the Lord, is a glorious nature. Amen. Amen. So, glory, the things of glory, uh, the things, and another word for glory um, is joy, joyous, joyous. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Say joyous. 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 Joy. Say joy. Joy, 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 joy. No, glory, is a, joy glory is more far away to your thoughts than joy. Uh, praise God. Glory is more what? Far away to your thinking than what? That in, in terms of if I tell you explain joy, you can find more words to explain joy. And if I said explain glory, it's harder to explain glory. Why? Because there's nothing, you don't know, we don't really know most, we don't know anything glorious. The only thing that is glorious that you've ever known are things that have come maybe by revelation or maybe through experience that have been created by the Holy Spirit to reveal a dimension of glory to you. So any soul that has not encountered uh, a ministry of the Spirit has never tasted glory before. That's why when you speak to an unbeliever, they don't understand a lot of things that you say. They've, They've never experienced glory before. Any soul that has never knelt down to worship God, that has never, I know there are souls who have never done that before. They've never had a, a taste. It's what you call the foretaste of glory. It's a foretaste. It's the, because the, the, the salvo of the spirit is glorious. The salvo of the testimony. I mean, you saw, we saw that in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, right, where he was speaking about the glory, right, that the New Testament is, is glorious. See, that if the ministration of death was glorious, See, how much more shall the administration of the Spirit be rather glorious? Praise God. So, it's very clear. You can see that that administration of death, we're speaking on Wednesday, that that is talking about actually the things that came after the Holy Ghost in the Mount, in, in the mount of Sinai. And those things were so glorious. After a while, they covered the face of Moses that, that the, 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 the voltage of the things he encountered were glowing out of his out of his person, amen, due to the presence of the, what? Of the Holy Spirit, or the presence of God, which he came into, amen. So when we, when we talk about glory, what, what the Lord wants to bring every soul to is to a place where you can fellowship with glory. You can fellowship with glorious things, you can sit down and think a glorious thought. That is a sign of a soul that has been saved or a soul that, is, that has begun to, to ascend in the spirit is that they can, they can move into the things of glory. They can commune with things that are glorious. They can think upon things that are glorious. They can relate with things that are glorious. Praise God. Amen. So you mean so so you see that the the provision of the Son of God to us, of Christ to us, is not to make a moral man who can behave a certain way. No, it's talking about 
is a provision. He said, who will be in the brightness of his glory, right? That word, the brightness, means the giver, the shiner, the expresser of his glory. And the express image of his person. Praise God. And that person who is the brightness of his glory is by him. Say, had he spoken unto us by his son, who be in the brightness of his glory. So, so the son, the communication of the son is glorious. It has the properties of glory. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, glory doesn't mean anything to the natural man. But glory, glory is, that thing called glory is a, is a prized possession. It's so, it's, so pri- it's so precious. Look at the way they handled it in the Old Testament. They, God had to wait. He made sure that everything was in place. He made sure the, the veil of the holiest was, was there. I think how thick was that veil? I forget how many inches it was. So thick that not, not even a little of that glory must escape. It mustn't come out. For the glory is my treasure. The glory is my treasure. My glory is my treasure. My glory is my treasure. These are my treasure. My glory, my treasure. My treasure, my treasure, my treasure. Glory, my treasure. Glory, my treasure. My glory is me. My glory is me. My treasure is me. My glory is me. My glory is me. It is my place of abode. It is my place of abode. It is my glory. For these are the things of my spirit. These are the things of my spirit. For the carnal man, the natural man, cannot know them. They can't know them. They are my things. They are spiritually discerned. They are my treasures. It is my treasure. My glory 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 is my treasure. And that is my glory is my treasure. It is my realm. It is my realm. It is my abode. It is my abode. It is my abode. It is my abode. And it is by mercy you are hearing this. It is by mercy you are seeing this. For it will keep showing and keep shining onto you. For you will come up to glory. You will come up to glory. For it is the way of the Spirit. It is the Spirit that brings you to glory. For the Spirit stretches out from my glory. The Spirit stretches stretches out from my glory to bring you up to glory for they are my treasures they are my treasures they are spiritually descent the natural man doesn't know them it is my treasure it is me 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 speaking it is I speaking it is I that is speaking it is I that is speaking it is I that is speaking for I'm speaking from the realm of glory I am speaking from oh, the realm you. of glory. And thank these are you, my Jesus. treasures committed to you. Thank these you. are my treasures being committed to you. Oh, these are my you. treasures being given to you. Oh, for, the, 
For many have sought them. Many have Thank sought you. them, but they, they've missed it. Thank you. They've missed it. This is my glory that is speaking, oh, yes. says the Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Praise God. So you see why the, the scripture will say that, that the earth shall be filled with the, one place they shall be filled with the glory, and he said it shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory. Right? There's something called knowing glory. Is a, a rare knowledge upon the earth. It's a rare thing to know the glory of God. But he said there will be a time that the earth will be filled with that knowledge by virtue of so much investment of heaven to bring down the, the knowledge of their glory upon the earth. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. You will have, you have people on the earth who know the glory, who have the, the, the knowledge of the glory, who have the revelation of the glory. Amen. It will also come to pass, of course, the, that's what we are saying today, that there are, there are things that precedes glory. There are things that would, that would precede glory that should open up the, the realms of glory gradually to the soul that will make the soul begin to interact and deal with glorious things. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. So I, so I was saying that that, that tabernacle, you saw the way they kept the glory there, right? It was there and not every eye should see the glory. Not every person can see the glory. In fact, for the high priest to go and see the glory, he has to prepare himself. He has to really, really, really prepare himself. Amen. To, to go to that place. Praise God. Now, that place of glory, of course, it's, 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 in, it's within the, the veil, right? And that realm of glory, he spoke about in the book of Hebrews, is upon the mercy seat, Right? And the Lord had to wait for everything to be in place, for the testament to be in place. And when the testament is in place, the answer that when Moses go there, Moses doesn't go there to, to open the testament and read it. He wasn't going there to just every day go and read. He said, no, let, let the testament be there. The testament has a spirit of it that stays upon it. And he said, out of that glory, I will be communing with you. Are you seeing that? So, so the glory actually is the, the glory is the voice also of the testimony. Praise God. Now, everything that God was saying to Moses is actually, is actually represented on the stone. Although when you count the words, the things that God literally said out of that realm of the glory were more. They had to write them in books. Praise God. It was more than just those ten things on the stone, but all of those things are inside the stone. You can summarize those things into ten, and then you can, Jesus further summarize them into two. So Jesus took one side, summarized it, that I shall love the Lord thy God and all of those things. Then, then took the other side of it, Summarizing to another one, thou shalt love thy neighbor as yourself. Put those two things together. They are the actual, they are the two commandments. So there's the two commandments, or you can call it the ten commandments. You can expand it to ten, and then you can expand it into volumes. 
praise God. But the, the, the wisdom that expound, that can expound the testament is the glory upon the testament. That when Moses goes into the most holy place, he's not reading the testimony, but rather the glory, God was speaking to him out of the glory. In other words, when the glory, the glory can read the testament and bring the hidden things. There are things hidden within the testimony because those are glorious materials that without being compatible with the glory of God, you cannot gain access into the mind. That's why God is hidden. His thinking, his ways are hidden from men. It's because of where he dwells. In the, they call it the realm of thick darkness. You know that realm of thick darkness is where the glory shines. Where there is no other light shining. Everywhere is black. You don't know help of anything. Amen. No candle, no sun, nothing. When it's completely black, that's where God dwells. Because the only light that shines is the light of the glory. The light that unveils what the testament is saying. So it means that you shouldn't see anything in that realm apart from what the glory is showing. And what the glory is giving. Praise God. So, so that should tell you that Jesus was a very powerful man. So Jesus could take that thing and summarize it to two. He was handling the testimony the way the glory handles it. Why? Because of course it makes sense because he is the brightness of the glory. When he, he came into the stature of the sun, he said, who be in the brightness of the glory? And because of the brightness of his glory, he had, had in the last times spoken to us by him. Praise the Lord. So, in the last times, is at the time, the days of just knowing how the economy works, how the stock market works, knowing how they make phones and they make planes and they make cars, knowing how to treat the body, all the fields of knowledge on the earth, the days of that being the only thing men know are over. Those, are, those days are what? Over. These are, we are moving into times when it's time for men to know things more than natural things. It's time for them, before there were cars and things and houses and all that, what thoughts existed? What things, what things were, you know, they were, God was a spirit. Amen. Before God came, before man came, before God created the earth, he created Eden. God was there. There were many angels, millions, billions, uncountable number of them. There were those who fell in darkness as well. Do you understand? So there were, there were existence. There, wasn't, there were billions of entities. What, were they, what do they talk about? What do they speak? Are you getting what I'm saying? There are things more than what we talk about, than our conversation. Praise God. See, a person can sit in, in a spot for two hours and not talk to anybody. But things are going on. He's having, he's having thoughts. He's having interaction. He's having dealings. Praise God. I've spent time in prayer. Three hours. It's like five minutes. Why? Because, and 
in that short time, so many things have been said. So many things have happened. So many things have occurred on the inside. Amen. Because it's the, the thoughts of glory travel at the speed of light, not the natural light. There's a speed of light faster than the speed of the natural light. Amen. <laughs> it's the speed of God's light. At that speed, they can push things into your soul. They can push, push thoughts, push, push imaginations. Praise God. Push images. This, this, the imagery of God. Inward transactions that does not involve the natural things. Inward transactions that, con, that involve matters that spirits discuss. Matters, things that matter in the realm of the spirit. That kind of conversation is where they want to raise souls into. They want to elevate souls. Are you seeing what I'm describing? That's the level of thought of a spiritual man. You can have a spiritual man who is, who is just, whose heart is more filled with the thoughts of, the thought beyond the natural than the things of the spirit. That's what the scripture is meant to give to you. It's supposed to give you another economy of thinking, another economy of thought, another economy of reasoning. Praise God. Now, so we are going to the, the foundation of that life. There's the foundation of that life. It's, the, it's called the, the, the preparation and the foundation of that life is the, the presence of the Holy Ghost. The presence, the ministry of the Spirit. That thing, every soul must be so full, so loaded, so filled, so filled with the Spirit. And that's what God wants to do. Some of us have not had feeling enough. If you're not that filled, it's time to get filled and filled and filled until you are, until you are full of the Spirit. Because being full of the Spirit is not... Sometimes it's hard for you to pursue the feeling constantly. You know, you're supposed to be pursuing the Holy Ghost like a junkie, right? That's, that's literally what the Holy Ghost is to you. It's supposed to be that way, the way drug addicts pursue their drugs. That's how you're, supposed, you're supposed to be crazy about the spirit. You're supposed to be, you're supposed to be, you're not supposed to, amen, you, are, you, are, you should be so crazy about him. Crazy about him. Crazy about being filled by him. Constantly being filled. Constantly being filled. When you feel you are filled, ask, is there more space for more feeling? Can I be filled more? Can there be more feeling? The reason, one of the reasons why, and this is one, one of the ways we've been robbed by the devil in the church, is there's a, there's a in, the, in the era of the milk of the word, um, praise God, that's why a lot of, you see, a lot, for a lot of Christians, the standard of the, the life of the spirit, the feeling of the spirit, the spirit-filled life, that standard is diminishing a lot for a lot of Christians because we have, we miss the, 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 the mark, the purpose, the reason for the feeling of the spirit. So when we teach a young Christian that it's good to be filled with the Holy Ghost so you can pray and then you can ask for your needs and your needs can be met. It's good to be anointed with the Spirit so when your relative is sick, 
You don't have to take medicine and go to the hospital and do operation. You can just lay your hands on them and they can be filled. When you teach that as the purpose of the, the Holy Spirit, it's just a matter of time. People will realize that that method is not really necessary because I can have my needs met. I can, I can, I can praise God, do so much without the Spirit. So by the time we now, the world teaches us how to get everything they've told us the Holy Ghost is meant to give us, and we learn really when you come to the developed world where there are ways to solve problems, praise God. So people who were using Holy Ghost before, when they come here, you know, all these things, Holy Ghost, we need to depend on the Holy Ghost to do. We don't really need that. The government is doing them. Praise the Lord. We have those, there are ways, everything is going on here. Even things that you didn't even know to ask for, they are being provided. So after a while, you won't see the need. There's very, very little case and little need to live a spirit-filled life in the Western world. I mean, with the current light that most of the church here has, you don't see too much need. Even the people, notice here, the focus might not be too much on needs like that because, of course, the government takes care and everything. The focus is more of outreach evangelism. You know, discover that, you know, you know, discover that a lot of outreach-focused Christians, they still don't, they still discover they can still do outreach without the Holy Ghost. Are you getting what I'm saying? When there's cash, there's money. Praise God. You can reach out. You can reach out easier. Right? Instead of just taking raw Bible and raw Holy Ghost into a remote place and go and preach, what do you do? Bring cash, build house, build hospital, build school. After building, let's say, a place where they've been sick, people dying, everything, and all that, and then you, you come and you build house, you build school, create irrigation system for crops, and you, after doing all that, let's say, I want to tell you about a man called Jesus. <laughs> now, tell me who will not, who will not come. See, all these things have been provided by Jesus. <laughs> Let me tell you about him. Very, they will say, we don't, even, don't tell us about him. Just, we want him. <laughs> so, are you see, so even evangelism can be done without the Holy Spirit. So there's very little case for the spirit-filled life. For just in, for a normal Christian, they've removed all everything. So if you teach the Holy Ghost that way, people will, they will just think you are saying there's no there's no there's no need for Holy Ghost to get these things. But you see, that's not the reason for the Holy Spirit. That's why the, the main purpose of the milk is you have to teach the milk with with the sense, and, and that's why I love the way our Daddy Kenneth e. Hagin taught the Holy Spirit. He didn't teach the Holy Spirit as a way. He taught the Holy Spirit as what? As he taught the Spirit as a way of life. It, like, he taught the Holy Ghost like, in fact, this Holy Ghost this is what you are made to. You are made to be spiritual. He's, when he taught, you know, he, he, he taught prayer in different ways. He, he teaches prayer of intercession. Then there's, there's a way, he, there's a, an aspect of prayer he really focused on. It's called ministering unto the Lord. 
I've heard, I don't think I've ever heard that teaching here in Canada since I came here. Just teaching the Holy Spirit as to, that the, the enabler of ministering unto the Lord. Where things, you can have transactions of the Spirit to receive invisible things into your soul. But that's the main purpose of the Holy Spirit. So because that teaching has disappeared, many Christians don't see the reason to pursue the Holy Ghost, to long for the Holy Ghost. We don't have a, we don't have a deep need for him because we're not aware of everything because we don't know that this Holy Spirit is bringing, there are many things that he has inside of him that should begin to open up and begin to re- be, be revealed to us. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's see that Romans... And let's just begin to look more at, at the things which the, the Spirit of God has been given to us to bring us into. Amen. In Romans chapter 14, of what we've been reading, it says from verse 17, Romans 14 verse 17, it says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace, and what? And joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, and peace, and joy, where? Joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Say joy in, joy in the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit, there is joy in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. There is the joy of the Holy Ghost. The, the joy of the Holy Ghost. The joy of the Holy Ghost is what is designed to connect you with the joy that is in the Holy Ghost. They say the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit, or sweet communion of the Holy Spirit. Now, that sweet communion, what makes the sweetness in the communion is the joy. The joy of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. The joy of the Spirit is what makes the communion sweet. So, the Feeling of the Spirit. Say the feeling. The feeling of the Spirit is the giving of joys to the soul. The feeling of the Spirit, I mean the infilling of the Spirit, is the 
is for the addition of joy to the soul. Is to give joy to the soul. To give what? Joy to the soul. Why do you need joy? Now, of course, we know the Bible says that with joy we will draw waters. Isaiah, chapter 12. Praise God. Isaiah, let's see Isaiah. Come back here. Isaiah, chapter... Amen. Isaiah chapter 12, verse, from verse 1, it says, And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. To thou, thou, though thou was angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. So behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. And he also is become my salvation. So therefore with joy shall ye draw water. Out of where? Out of the world of salvation. Now, that, this thing called the, the world of salvation, the world of salvation is not just salvation. Right? Because God is salvation. But God has waters in him. Right? For you to be saved, you must have, you must have consumed the waters of God that are in the wells of God. Praise the Lord. So the wells of salvation is where there are things that come out of wells of salvation. That God is, in verse 2, you see when you, are, when you are drawing out of the wells of salvation, praise God, there are many things he is. He said, the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song, then he also has become my salvation. So there, is, there are things that, you, that you, you receive on the way to him, to God. <clears throat> so it means that righteousness is in the world of salvation. Peace is in the world of salvation. Joy is where? In the well. But with joy will you draw water out of the well of salvation. So as you are drawing waters out of the well of salvation, at some point you get to righteousness, you get to peace, then you get to joy. Are you getting me? So that the joy that is in the well, of course, is a, a whole different world entirely. It's joy. You know, it's called that joy has department, that when joy has reached its end, it becomes gladness. Like that's gladness is, that's the, gladness is the kind of joy that God has. Right, it's, it's God's own kind of joy, right? It's the, it's the, the anointing upon God is a, is, an, is a glad anointing, right? It's anointing that is his joy on steroids. It's joy that is, that, praise God, joy, joy that is uncontainable. Praise God, a joy, it's joy that cannot be measured. You can't finish measuring it. Praise God, it's joy that it springs out of, it's, it's almost like a joy that comes out of, it's almost like a vacuum, <laughs> like nothing. 
Amen. Is that is joy that cannot be quantified, joy that cannot be measurable. It is joy that, that overcomes everything, every sorrow. And take all the sorrow in the world and throw it there. It becomes nothing. You can't find it anymore because there's too much, too much gladness in him. So it's very clear that gladness is salvation. Rather that God is so saved because he is so glad. Nothing, no sense of neediness. Nothing, he, he doesn't want anything. He said, if I was hungry, I would not tell you. He said, the cattle upon the thousands heal are mine. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? So because of all the sufficiency of salvation in God, praise the Lord. That's, that's why. So it, it spoke about the oil of gladness in the book of, um, praise God. It said, I have anointed thee with what? The oil of of gladness. Amen. And Psalm 45, praise the Lord, say, all thy garments smell of my and aloes and cassia and all of that, those things. Praise God. Now, it's out of the ivory palaces whereby thou made thee what? Hath made thee glad. Out of the ivory. Where is those ivory palaces? The palaces of his father. The place of the habitation. Say, in the presence of God is what? Fullness of joy and, and his right and our pleasures forevermore. The fullness of joy is, is the, that word fullness, it means when joy has been accomplished, when there's no, nothing left in joy anymore, when joy is sufficient, when joy is superfluous, it's glad, it's gladness. Praise the Lord. And that's a, gladness is a type of anointing. And I imagine that anointing, God wants to share it with souls. Just imagine a man like you and me. God said, I want to, I want to wear that gladness upon you. When, do you know the, the attribute of a glad soul? When, when the devil is talking, a glad soul does not hear. Are you, are you getting me? When, and, uh, see that one, see that problem right now? That you, can't, a glad, you, can't, you can't interject the joyous celebration of a glad soul. You can't interject the joyfulness of a glad soul because the, the energy of joy is too powerful. Is the, the power is joy that is backed up by the power of, of immortality. Is the power of eternal life that is behind the joy and the gladness of God. Praise the Lord. So, so of course, so joy should be full. In God's presence, there is that fullness of joy. But joy doesn't start from there. Joy doesn't start from the presence of God. There is joy even in the even in the holy place, there, is also, there are also measures of joy involved. Any, at any place where the Holy Spirit is, is involved, where there's a transaction of the Spirit, there is a transaction of joy. At every time there is a what? Transaction of the Spirit. There is what? There is a transaction, even in the trials, in difficulty, in buffeting, Sometimes that's where the joy is increasing. The, it's, just that, it's just that we don't know, we are used to the, the joy that the world gives from just petty things. We've not tapped into the joy, the streams of the joy of the spirit. It's a different kind of joy. It doesn't answer to circumstances. It's not dependent on how things are going. It's not dependent on what's happening in the world. 
It's not dependent on your bank account or your anything or your health or anything. It's a, it's a joy flowing from a sure place. It's flowing from a high place, a place that is higher than the earth. Amen. Um, Peter spoke about it in First Peter chapter one. Amen. That the trying of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth. Might be what well, when it is tried, might be found unto praise, what on honor and glory at the what appearance of who Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, but what. You guys don't know it. <laughs> Yet believing. Am I correct? You rejoice with what? Joy unspeakable. Whom having not seen, you do what? That's First Peter chapter, chapter 1, right? From verse 6. Who have not seen you love, but what? Mm-hmm. With joy unspeakable. Though you see him not, yet believing. You rejoice with what? Joy unspeakable. That is full of glory. Now look at that face. It's joy unspeakable. Is joy unspeakable that is full of glory. That's the summary of what I'm saying to you today. We're talking about how to access joy unspeakable. That word unspeakable means it's not, it's not a joy that you can naturally describe. Praise God. It is not a joy that you can frame with your natural language, with your eloquence. It is joy unspeakable. Praise God. That is carrying with it thoughts of glory. It is joy that is pregnant with glory. Joy that is what? Pregnant means the joy carries substances in it. Substances, thoughts of the glory. And when he said that joy will manifest in, in the time of the trying of your faith. Now, the trying, the season of the trying of your faith is a season of the working out of the power of God within a soul. Is a season and the process of making a soul powerful. So the process of, of, of empowering a soul is a joyous process. Is a process characterized by joy. It's called a believing process. Whom having not seen, yet you love, he and yet believe in him. That word belief is actually the exercise of the faith of the son. Praise the Lord. Which is characterized by the trying, the trying of that faith. As that faith is being tried, praise God, you are rejoicing with joy unspeakable. So the, the faith of the son is not what you think it is. It's not one sad thing. Ah, let us suffer and do this thing. Because at the end, after we have done it, Shady said that. Shady said we will we, we, what? 
we will get to the throne, we will get to the kingdom. You know what I mean? Ah! Meeting time again. <laughs> okay, well, Shay, there is eternal life, everlasting life. And Pastor Jeff said that we are getting close. And we are getting close. Ah, it will, it will make peace one day. We just come. Praise God. Time to worship God. Okay. Let's worship the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. At least I came today. Thank you. Praise God. Amen. And when you go back home and you look at your list of all the messages you haven't yet listened to. <laughs> ah, God. <laughs> when you check each message, two hours. <laughs> well, it's not a what of sadness, right? Some are carrying weight. What is the weight you are carrying everywhere? All the messages we haven't listened to. <laughs> Devil is bad. We, go, we don't understand what this thing is. We don't understand. And in all of that, that time, there is no space for, there is no opportunity for the actual transactions of of joy, the time, the the way the the ministration of righteousness occurs. It's not, it's not that it's not like going to school. Amen. You know how you go to school, eh? When you go, you have to go in the morning, seven thirty, eight thirty a.m. You are sleepy, you are tired. Amen. You had you were dreaming that you have to put the dream on pause to come to class. You've not eaten breakfast. You know when you see. You know, at that moment, he hatred for that professor. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Praise God. As he's talking, his mouth is making you angry. Everything, and he's happy. You know, the, the, <laughs> you know the way those professors are, eh? Sometimes I wonder what do they sleep. I mean, is this your whole life? <laughs> Sometimes, huh? So why are you so happy about it? <laughs> Remember, I was learning Fourier transforms. I understand, okay, Fourier, but why are you so happy about it? That was, my, that was my problem with the teacher. Why is this? This thing is not exciting, it's not interesting. Why? What you should do is that you should come bring tissue for us, share the tissue so we can cry. It's just for your future, you know. I know it's sad and everything. Let's, let's manage it. Praise God. So sometimes that's how we see the journey of righteousness. Eh? So, and when you approach it that way, you accumulate things, accumulate thoughts. You have meetings, everything you've been to, but in that whole time, you can go a whole year. There are not many, not many times where the actual operation and activity by which they transmit things into your soul. 
there weren't too many times when you were open to such, such transactions. Because of all the, the things the enemy has done to stifle the, the, the yieldedness and the openness to the, the, the ministry of the Spirit. The enjoyment of the Spirit. One thing some of us don't know is that when they say, come and serve God, come on, they just called you into a world of perpetual enjoyment, life of enjoying every day, every day. Imagine God is in the, the only place where you can be suffering and be enjoying at the same time. And, and you, are supposed to, you are supposed to be enjoying. Praise God. You, so you understand why you are... James would say, count it all joy when you fall into diverse trials and diverse temptation and all that. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. All joy. Count it all joy. Counting it all joy is the nature of a Holy Ghost soul. You count things joy. Where's the joy here? Where's the joy? Where's the joy? Where's the joy? Where's the joy? It doesn't matter the situation. They find the joy. They find because there is a joy. There is no circumstance, no situation that is brought, allowed, permitted by the administration of of heaven in 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 the realm of righteousness that doesn't have a joy attached to it. Your job is to find the joy. Hold the joy. Fellows, enjoy it thoroughly. As you are in, in that process of enjoying the joy, that's where the, 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 your soul becomes open for the, the entrance of righteousness. It's, it's through such encounters you are drawing waters out of the well of salvation. You are drawing. He said, with joy, will you draw waters? Will you draw waters? With joy. What are those waters? They are waters of life. The same waters that Isaiah said, come, oh, come ye. Come and, come and drink. Come to the waters. Come and buy without money and without price. Oh, ye, why do you spend your money? And why do you labor for that? Which is not the labor that we do. It's not just if. It's talking about labor of the soul. Not, not necessarily your physical. It's good to labor, go to work, make money, and pay your bills. Praise God. The Bible says you should do that. But when you say really labor, the labor is that thing you are doing constantly. You know what your labor is? The time that you spend thinking about, hey, that's what I'm going. Oh my God, this will happen. That will happen. Oh, what if that doesn't happen? Okay, what if it happens? I get what I'm saying. The thoughts, the time, that's what labor, that's what Jesus was speaking about. Come to me, all ye who are what? Who are weary, who labor, who are heavy laden. Come to me, I will give you, I will give you rest. Yeah, this world, the devil has sworn that you will never have rest. It's from one thought to the other, from one problem to the other, from one thing to the other. Amen. When you say, okay, come and learn God, God must become a problem. Two, you add God to your problems. When they give you revelation is coming to make you good, you add, that will add to your list of problems too. <laughs> Everything is a problem. It's a labor. It's to lay labor on the soul. Make the soul a laborer. 
to labor for that which satisfieth not. According to the book of um, Isaiah chapter 55. So why do you labor? You should come, come and buy meat without money, without price. How do you by hearken unto me, right? And your soul, and here, and your soul shall live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the, even the sure, the sure mercies of, of David. He said, he called it the mercies of David. The sure mercies of David. Amen. Who's, who's David? Why would they name mercy after him? You know, David is, David is actually a soul configuration in the spirit. Right? A David. Like Jesus was a David. That's why he inherited the throne. Right? When the throne, they, they, they named the throne of God after David. They began to call it the throne of David. So, you know, of course, that David was a type of a man, right? So when you, when you go and read David, you study David, you are studying characteristics of a soul that is compatible for the throne and for the dominion of God. Praise God. Do you agree with me? So, so everybody has to be a David. You have to become a David. If you can't become a David, you can't inherit the throne of God. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of, for David's. So the, even the mercy of the throne is, is customized for a David. That if the mercy is coming and you are not Davidic, mercy cannot flow to you. Those sure mercies, they are the sure mercies of David. When a soul arrives at the Davidic configuration, mercy begins to flow to them. The mercy will say, I, I have found a David. I have found a David, so I can flow to the heart. Who is the David? They call David the sweet psalmist of Israel. Amen. It wasn't an ordinary psalmist. It was a sweet psalmist. Praise God. He was the what? He was the... David, David was the man who found the joy in the Testament. You know, normally that law, that law is, a, is a weight. Amen? Jesus described those Pharisees, eh? You know those Pharisees, they are carrying the, the law on their... Amen? They have long faces and everything. You can't carry that law and be happy. <laughs> be joyous. The weight and the way they are... And when she, don't, don't jam a Pharisee. You don't want to jam them. When you see them coming, you have to run the other side. Because they want to throw weight on you. Before you know it, you catch some of their, this thing, amen. Jesus said they don't want to enter the kingdom. They stand at the door. They don't want other people to, to enter the kingdom. They block the gates. I know that gate that they block is called the gates of praise. <laughs> is that there is no, no praise must happen here. Nobody, I mean, they block the doors of praise. With religion. Religious spirit is a stifler of joy. Is a killer of joy. It kills joy. When you bring a religious spirit, it hacks down the heart even. The, the, the religious spirit turns the heart against the joyous disposition. When a religious man sees 
a, a, a man, a person enjoying the Holy Ghost. You're just enjoying the Holy Ghost. If it was the meaning of all this, it was all these things. Why? Oh, no, this is not a joke. How can you just come to a meeting and you say, ah, sure, there are things to do. This is Christianity. That's a religious spirit. He wants to wear his own garment on you. That heavy garment, praise God, that swallows men. <laughs> but you need to take off that garment and dance, like David danced, and, and all the garments flew away when he found the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord makes it so light. It's, when he said that, that, that if you love me, you, you keep my commandments. He said, my commandments are not burdensome. It's how you're carrying it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's how you carry it. The commandments are actually not grievous. If they are heavy for you, you're not carrying it joyously. You're not carrying it with the spirit. <laughs> David. The sure mercies of David. When David came on the scene, he discovered that look at this, this thing that Levi has been doing. He hasn't been doing it well. He hasn't been doing it well. Levi thought it's about getting the fattest rams and the biggest sacrifices. But then he found in all these things, God, you actually have no pleasure in them. He removed all those things, just brought the ark, put it under a, a tent in the open air, brought Levites, gave them uniform, gave them trumpets, gave them instruments, string instruments. David found, he found the secret, something that that ark responds to. The same, the same thing that Moses, they had to, they had to raise Moses to deal with the ark. David found out the way what does the ark respond to? What does the glory respond to? He began to, he, he raised, the Levites became musicians. They began to play, they began to blow, they began to play their instrument constantly, constantly before the, before the ark of God. He invented what he called the sacrifices of praise. That every time, every time you are setting aside your body, and opening your heart to respond to God is a sacrifice of the heart. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus.
Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you. We need more Davids in our generation. We, have, we need more Davids in the church. People who know the way of the Spirit. Who know what God responds to. Who knows why, how, how to connect the streams of God. To connect the streams. Streams of the Spirit. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. You know, so joy, the provision of joy by the Spirit is not just to make you happy. It's not just to make you happy. If you think it's just happiness, then that's why you can look down on it. Okay, well, I don't really feel like being happy right now. So why, so I don't need that. It's not just about being happy. Joy is a necessity. It's necessary. There's no other way. Praise God. There's no other way. There's no other way to draw out of the wells of salvation without, except by joy. Anything, if a revelation comes to you, you don't access the joy of it. You've not accessed it. You, 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 you don't, you've not drawn it out because you've not come into the joy of it. The, the ghost in you is also awakened joy. Connect with the, the, the wrapper of that revelation. Un, unwrap it. Draw it out is by a joyous transaction on the inside. Hey, praise God. In this Isaiah chapter 12, we're about to close. It says, it says, God is my salvation, right? Behold, God is my salvation. I will, I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength. And my song. The Lord is my strength and my song. He's my strength and my song. That strength here is joy. Joy is strength. In the book of Nehemiah, I think it's chapter 8, right? When they brought the testament back and they began to weep. Tears of joy. There the prophet said to them that the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The spiritual strength manifests in joy. 
when something comes against you spiritually, when the enemy comes to attack, the way you leap over the wall, leap over the limitation, leap over a temptation, is by connecting the joy of the spirit. It will elevate the soul above that thing, above that place. There is no, there is no arrow of the enemy that the joy of the Lord cannot remove. Think about anything. Joy can eat up offense. Swallow offense. If you are, off to, you are offended beyond your control, you are not joyful enough. You need the joy that can eat that offense up. Joy can swallow anger and spit it out. Joy can, can delete worry. Cares. Anxiety. Joy swallows up unbelief. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That's what it says. The joy of the Lord. 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 The joy. The joy of the Lord. As I say, they that wait upon the Lord, they shall, they shall renew their strength. Right? They shall mount up with eagles. The, re, the renewal of strength that comes by waiting upon the Lord. That waiting, waiting, waiting upon the Lord, upon the Lord, waiting upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord. It's an attitude of the, sanct of sanct the sanctuary. Waiters. Did I wait? That what the Lord means is actually you are waiting upon his provisions. You are waiting upon what he has brought, what he has given. You wait upon his thought. You, you, you consider it. You take your time with it. The end of waiting is actually joy. When you wait with a spiritual thing and stay with it, joy breaks out after a while. When they give you a spiritual thought, take it. Don't throw it away. Don't rush. Don't, no, no, don't put it in the archive. No, just take it. Wait on 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 it. After, when you wait on it, it begins to change on the inside. It begins to change on the inside. The, the character of it begins to, it begins to open up. Like it begins to bud like a, like a flower on the inside. By the time the joy breaks out, you own it. You have it. It, the joy translates into strength. See that joy of the Lord that, that comes from waiting upon the things of the Lord. Is, that's the secret of the godly man. In, in Psalm chapter 1. So blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. So, then you see that man that is like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit every season. Every time the fruit is required, the, the, the fruit is there. That's how our soul is supposed to be because we are being, the Lord is depositing a lot into us. He's sowing a lot into us, but sometimes the fruit is not budding. It's not coming out. We don't have all the fruit. We have not been yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Praise God. The secret of being fruitful is strength to 
to wait upon the provisions. But we are not just waiting for waiting's sake. It's not a time thing. It's about it's allow, it's allowing the seed to interact with the heart. Like when you sow a seed into a ground, you pour water, you wait. You wait for it. Let the reaction happen. The reaction, after a while, it begins to come out of the ground. That's the way the seed of God's word is. So you see that man who is a godly man, who is fruitful in righteousness. He has a secret. He has a secret. The secret is his delight in the law of the Lord. And the way he delights in the law of the Lord is he waits with it. He doesn't get tired. He said in need does he meditate day and night. Day and night. Day and night. He's meditating with it. Meditating upon it until the meditation turns into a delight. When it begins to delight him, strength has come. He has become strong. When his mates are walking in the counsel of the ungodly, standing in the way of sinners, but he is different. He is waiting. His delight is in the law of the Lord and he's meditating on it day and night. By his meditation upon it, after you see joy begin to break out, strength will begin to break out, delight will begin to appear. Amen. Can we just stand up, all of us, just stand up this morning? Thank you, our Father. Glory to your name, Jesus. Glory to your name, Jesus. Just if you can lift up your hands or lift up your hearts or just open your heart to the Lord this morning and just connect with the Spirit of the Lord. Joy, Lord, your joy. 
sound. Oh, sound your joy, sound your joy, sound, 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 sound. The blessed the people that know the joyful sound, they shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. In thy name shall they rejoice all the day, and in the righteousness shall they be exalted. For thou art the glory of their strength, and in thy favor our horn shall be exalted. In your name shall they rejoice all the day, in your righteousness shall they be exalted. Commune with the Lord, don't stop. Just continue. Just continue. We have some time. We have a little time. Just continue. Continue. Just be aware that there is something available today. There's something available here today. Just commune with the Lord. 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 Break barriers in your heart. Break barriers in your soul. Come to the waters. Allow the tide, the, the waters of the Spirit, the dew of the Spirit to touch your heart. Say, Lord, open up. Open up, open up, open up, open up, open up, open up, open up fountains inside of me. Open up fountains inside of me. Open up channels inside of me. Open up rivers inside of me. Open up, open up channels of your joy. Of the joy of your spirit. Of the anointing of your spirit, Lord. So when the poor and needy seek water and their tongue faileth for thirst. He said, you will hear from heaven. You will hear from heaven. rivers in the desert. You open up rivers in the desert, fountains, in dry places, in dry places, every dryness. Oh, you will, you will water, 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 you will water. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Shag 
grandeiro e We have entered joy. We have entered joy. We are entering joy. We are entering joy. We are entering joy. Joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. you 
Father, we thank you. Amen. Father, we bless your name. Thank you for your blessing today. We receive the impartation of your spirit. We receive deliverance. fellowship, the blessing of the promise of the Spirit, which you've given to us, Father. Thank you because this is just the beginning of your dealings and your impartation to our hearts. Thank you, our Father. We give glory to your name. We bless your holy name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between.